0: Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm
1: -hmm. We have lots more guests. I know you're probably thinking there's people that you haven't gotten to who are legends of the podcast. Don't worry. We're getting to them. I assure you of that.
2: You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's.
1: And another one of those legends is coming up next. And this is a gentleman who is uh, a comedian of some renown in some circles. Not ours, but some. And uh, we first met him at an event in Halifax. It was a dinner. And uh, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Lots of celebs there. We were just hosting Jeremy Roenick, Walter Gretzky, Anthony um, Calvillo, Roberto Alomar, all speaking, and Jerry was second to last to go up and speak, and he just ripped up his notes and roasted everybody. And my favorite joke, maybe my favorite joke ever, Jerry D., was you telling Walter Gretzky that he's only famous for turning on a hose. And it's true when you think about it.
0: (laughs) Uh, I tell you, that might have been the best I've ever done, and and I'm only... I'm only saying that because I'm, I'm, I'm not always like that. Like you gave me a nice intro there, but everything just lined up. The only thing I regret is not going after Jeremy Roenick. Oh, my God. He just killed the room with the worst. It was the worst stuff I've ever heard. And, and, you know, I went over to him after I said, you are so lucky that you went up after me. Oh, God. Because it was, and you know, it's funny. I talk about that night, that, that, that line with Walter, I forgot I said that the best for me about not what I did, but the best for me was that Walter got a standing ovation and Anthony Calvillo who spoke second didn't. <laughs> and he, and he just won the great cup with cancer. Not, not like he had the cancer in his body Winning the Great Cup and they didn't stand and of course I called that I called them all out on that. Which,
1: you, you were amazing. You were amazing uh, because was, you had was, you had stuff planned. You were ready to go. But yeah. but and it wasn't just Walter, it it wasn't Calvillo. like Dan and I gave you material like there was there was a roast there to be done of all the people yeah. who had spoken and you seized the moment. And to your point about Jeremy, I looked over at him. It was even before you went on. So the thing is, Calvillo was nervous, right? He had never really yeah. spoken that much. Yeah. Uh, Alomar, yeah. you know, it's English isn't his first language. He was nervous. Yeah. But they were both great, and they both came, and they yeah. did a great job. And I remember, I think it might have been Alomar, because I think Jeremy was like, okay, well, maybe these guys won't be good. He came, Jeremy just came with nothing. He prepared nothing. No, um, no. He just showed up and just with nothing. And I remember looking over at Jerry, one, Jeremy at one point, <laughs> and he just gave me this, like, he shook his head at me like, I I have nothing. Like I don't I shouldn't be here right yeah. now. It's like yeah. no, you're the headliner. So then when uh, yeah. you always know when a person yeah. has nothing, when he says to Dan and I we introduce him, we go to sit down. He's like, "No, no, no, guys, why don't you uh why don't you grab those microphones, go into the crowd, we'll get some questions going." You know, like sometimes you can do the uh. questions at the end of the speech, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he had nothing when he started when his first comment was my daughter's eighteen and she's hot i'm like okay he got he's got nothing now that's now we're just in the awkward mode yeah. and uh and it got more awkward and it was the it was it was people will say to me and i got, i don't know Jeremy, I got nothing against him, but people will say he's so funny I'm like no, he's not no i' no, he's not he's he's uncomfortable, and it's a you know, it's a different kind of funny when, you know, you're doing it with, a, with people that do it for a living around you like we all do. And it was like, yeah, it was just, I'll never forget that night because I was so mad I didn't get to go up and it wasn't supposed to be a roast.
1: It's no, just,
0: no. It just, it just, I don't know where it all came from. The only guy that I said to myself, don't roast Mickey Ward. I think I said that. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was there. I'm like, don't worry, Mickey. I'm not going to, because he said, I was, he was from Boston, right? It's like, I was terrified you were going to. I go, look, I wasn't I was going after you, man. No, You're no. the one guy who might knock the crap out of me outside, but um, it was the best night, and it was great. It was, you know, ever since, that was 15 years ago, maybe, and that was when I first met you two. And That's
1: right. We've stayed
0: in touch ever since, and you guys have been, you know, I mean, I've done nothing for your career, but you guys did so much for mine and in, in just promoting me and having me on the show and, the podcast, so I'm I'm forever grateful, and you guys know that, and uh, it's, um, yeah, it's been a great friendship that uh, we've built up through that night.
1: I, I've i loved every minute of it, and um, I loved coming to see you. We came to see you in Peterborough, yeah. uh, do a show, and that was such a fun night. Um, yeah. You know, they they've been few and far between, but the times we've been able to get together have been so much fun, and I always remember <laughs> when we... <laughs> when we were in LA, and you came on the podcast, and yeah, um, you were talking about how disappointed you were in the people who had filled in for us on the show, and uh, that just made me laugh so much. I just, I, just, I don't,
0: I, I do remember vaguely saying that, but I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't, I hope I wasn't on the bus. But no, I, no, you I were,
1: was, you, you were I pretending was, that like margin accounting was getting a shot that's at right. it. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah.
0: No, what it was. You're right. That's what it was. It was that. It was like there was nobody I, I didn't it was like everybody. It was like they were just throwing everybody on this spot. <laughs> and I think I was like, Yeah, March and Accounting's doing it now. Yeah, it was it was nothing against the people on the air more like you said, more like just it was just kind of a chaotic moment and then you came back, which was great. You know, it was uh uh you know, many years we've all uh grown up watching you two and um, myself included and I think the first time I ever reached out to you was on Twitter. I didn't know you. And it was actually before the Gretzky. And I just remember going like this Jay on is really growing on me because at first I didn't get it. I was trying to, and I'm, you know, look, I'm real hard on comedy, including my own. And I'm, and I was like, I remember I went to Twitter. I don't know if you remember. And you replied and I went, this guy Jay on is really grown on me. And I just really became a fan at that moment. And, you know, the way you two worked off each other was what was so special. And um it was magical. And and it, it it was really you know, I would literally put it on uh in the background and it would just go in the loop and I just just listen to your I think I said that once to you guys too. I messaged you I'm like, I, I think I could do your highlights because 'cause I've just listened to you like eight times in a row or something. I forget I forget how it worked, but it just seemed to come on like so much. So Yeah. So, um yeah and I think that's what every Canadian uh will take from from the years you two were together. So
1: well, it was a fun it was a fun ride and you yeah. know who knows it may continue in a different incarnation someday but um who knows who exactly. knows I mean we this... thought
0: you were gone the first time
1: right
0: <laughs> we, we thought you were gone and I went to LA and you had a big fancy Fox studio I had to get a pass
1: and, That's right you came and, and visited us
0: uh, Yeah it was great and uh you never know, right? Everything happens for a reason in life. And yeah, um, our boy, Dan is, uh, is a one hell of a dude and, and uh, like, yeah, the best at what he does too. It's just a great, you know, it's a great pairing that, um, you know, but at the same time, sometimes it's things come to an end too. So who knows? But uh, I always enjoyed like, you know, our time on screen or on podcast, and our time, just not on screen. And, like I said, you guys have been really supportive of me in every way, and, you know, I've always appreciated that, and always will.
1: Well, uh, and same same goes to you, Jerry. I mean, I think the thing the thing is I was always a fan of you, and but that's kind of not enough for me usually. I don't stay in touch with that many people, and that night in Halifax was just sort of a game-changer in the sense of, oh, yeah, I like this guy, like, as a human being, and I think this is going to be something that's going to continue. I would never have uh, imagined that, you know, 15 years later, we'd still be I know. Still be chatting away, right, about it. And um, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty awesome, actually. It's pretty I, awesome. Well,
0: it is, and you're right. And we connected right away, all, all three of us. And, I mean, I don't, I don't talk to Jeremy. I don't talk to Walter Gretzky. <laughs> you know, they were there that night. I don't talk to... Alamar, you
1: calling up Calvillo? What's up, I'll buddy? Of,
0: I'll talk to any of those guys.
1: <laughs> Mickey Ward, what's up?
0: Yeah, what's up, Mick? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, it's so true, but that night to me, and I say this, was, you know, if if I were to rank nights, I mean, I can rank a lot of the bad nights, and you guys just seem to catch me, but I I'd rank that as one of my all-time best nights, and, and, I, and I mean that in, in the in the humblest way, meaning that like there's mostly not great nights, and that night you just happen to catch one of my one of the best. I, I usually never like my nights, and that one I, I got off. I went, God, that just lined up. The stuff just came. Like it was like L- literal
1: tears, me. literal yeah. tears from oh, people. Well, that nice. kind of laughter in the audience, and yeah. Dan and I looking at each other like I can't believe that he's pulling this off. And then, just and then again, then I just Ronick. knew Ronick was coming, and I was like, oh, here we go." You
0: know, I'd love, I'd love to hear what I'd love to have him on and hear what was going through his mind. Either he's thinking, "Oh man, this room's lit; like this is easy." Or yeah. he's thinking, "No,
1: he knew." I am. He I'm knew Jerry
0: trouble because you know that's a that's a tough that's a tough. to follow. You know, when someone does well and I've been in that situation many times where guys go up before me and get a standing ovation. I never got a standing ovation. I'm not trying to parallel that, but I've gone up where guys got a standing ovation and I'm next. Yep. It's hard. It's hard. And I still had enough stuff, but I remember the I remember the story he told. I don't even know if we
1: should but do you remember the story I, it, Oh yeah, how he wouldn't let his the guy, the guy the go out with yeah. the with the daughter unless the uh the daughter had yeah. to dip his d- into
0: bucket of sand. Bucket if of it was sand. Wet, if it was wet, he was I don't even know how it ended. I was just kind of I was thrown up in my mouth a little bit.
1: Yeah at that point. At, at that point I was like, Questions, Jerry?
0: <laughs> Jerry, should we <laughs> I just wish Should we ask you Jeremy me, any questions? I just wish you called me back up. That was the oh, I know. It was like, but uh, but you know, Jeremy was—he's
1: was a great good, guy. Right? By yeah, by the way, he's I a agree. he's a terrific person, and he's actually very kind to everybody. But but th- what I've always said about Jeremy, and this is my theory about Jeremy, is you know when he was a player, he was a great quote, right? He was outspoken. He was yeah, different than yeah. most hockey most hockey players at the time didn't want to say anything, and he was just yeah, happened right. to be outgoing. But the problem with that was. It was like, oh, well, obviously he'll be a broadcaster. And he never really had to work for it, right? Like he never yeah. had to learn to speak in front of an audience or anything because it was just like, oh, my God, you're just a great quote. And he really did it great for for years as a broadcaster. Yeah, yeah. But doing speeches, as you know, Jerry, doing speeches, any of that stuff, it's different. you got to be prepared. Or if you're not prepared and you can be off the cuff, then you – you're probably some sort of improv legend, but mostly you're probably better to be prepared. And he just came with nothing. He just... well, and and, Yeah, and
0: I agree. And he he is, and I've met him a couple of times, and he's always been pleasant. I mean, and then, you know, of course, that podcast, I mean, that was going to be the death of him, the way he was so... Because it just, things changed quick in our world uh, for good, and and as they should, he just kind of... Yeah, kept he, going with that Jeremy Roenick style, and I think that's, that's, right. that's where it changed, right? That's but right. Yeah, I've I've always got along with him, and I bet you he. I think he even laughed when I said you, I said you're lucky I didn't go after you. and He went, oh my god, I know. Like he was pretty honest about it.
1: Oh yeah, he was aware of what was happening that day, Jerry. Yeah. Jerry D, um, listen, man, uh, love you so much. You're the you're best too, guy, buddy. and uh, and continued success. Uh, the family feuds. Uh, Mr. D, the gym teacher, streaming in the USA. You're just killing it on all levels. Uh, your kids are future Annika Sorenstams. <laughs> Things are happening for Jerry D in his world. But uh, you took a little time for us today. Appreciate it, buddy. Anytime, anytime, and, uh, buddy. And uh, let's catch up again soon, bud. We will soon. Thanks okay. for having me. Love uh, you too. See you, bud. Take Bye-bye. care. Jerry D. What a good dude.
3: Jay and Dan Flashback
1: Do you ever go to Scotland?
4: Yeah.
2: How Many times, I've been three times. Do you recommend it? It's great, right? <laughs> yeah, Did You
4: go with way. your pop, no, I should, but what? Why you uh, it's hard for him there? to travel a bit oh, now. Okay. That's a long trip, but yeah, I should, that's... I should, I'll regret it. Um, well, but you're still uh, not going to do it, no, nah, yeah, probably. Not. I know it's just a long trip for him, yeah. You know, I yeah. we, we he's just 84, it's getting up there, but he still can move around. But it's a long, you know, and I, Scotland, I don't know, I, I'm I'll go with my kids again, I'll show them, but they're different people, it's a different. You know, I have one cousin I talk to. Yeah. You don't need to go over there for that. I'm not you going face for time. one cousin. And yeah, that's face what time. FaceTime's for. Hello. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to talk about, I'd, I went to Scotland and it, 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 it's Scottish are like a competitive with each other. And I was there and I'm, you know, I was just kind of in the middle of starting stand up and I was in South Africa doing stand up. So I went to Scotland. It was really cool, right? No kids, not married. And I go to my cousins and. <clears throat> What I found was they're sober and they're so sweet in the morning And they're getting information from you (laughs) So you kind of boast a little bit So how's your dad Your dad doing all right? Yeah my dad you got a good pension Oh good for him he's got a pension that's great He always worked hard your dad (laughs) And you got a house yeah we have a house with a pool A pool you have a house and a pool That's so great kids Kids your cousin Jerry has a big pool His dad has a pension (laughs) Then they're drinking later You and your (laughs) Poo. <laughs> oh, and your dad's a big whoo, <laughs> as well. You, <laughs> you, you're And I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> you asked
4: me. Now <laughs> you're throwing into my face. It was That's the brilliant. whole weekend of that.
1: Yeah. And then the they wake weekend. up like it never happened. So devious.
4: <laughs> Are you all right? So tell us more about the pool. Who wants oatmeal? <laughs> yeah. What have you got? Have you got a job? <laughs> Look, I'm not telling you anything about myself anymore. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. I'm homeless. Okay. <laughs> you're homeless. And then I'm you're homeless homeless, wasted time. <laughs> you don't even work. C- I've eaten at the keg 40,000 times. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. I wish I was kidding. What, the stuff her- we used to do with the keg You worked at the illegal. keg for
1: people who don't yeah, know. Yeah, like 10 what? years. Yeah. What's illegal? illegal? Like what?
4: We ate a song <clears throat> on your birthday and this is 1990s, early 90s, <laughs> late 80s, right? And if it was a lady's birthday, what oh, happens no. is <laughs> the keg... Everyone's like, God, birthday. And you're like, ah, oh, God, you got to go sing like an idiot with no, no harmony, no music. And the lady sits there and, and we had a song. It was called Tell Me, Darling, Tell Me, Dear. What's the size of your brassiere? <laughs> is it A, B, C, or D? Cup 36 or 42. And then we would mimic grabbing her boobs. Ooh, 18 wow. hands. Ooh, and she's like, ah, wow. <laughs> that is, is horrible. It loose? You could
1: not do that. Is now. it
4: loose? Is it tight? Will we have some fun tonight? Wow. Tell me, darling, tell me, dear, what's the size of your bazier? Happy birthday.
1: <laughs> wow. The,
4: then we had what one. What if there was kids at the table? You kid, we didn't chairs. have any filters. Then wow. there was one. This got banned. Where you would... If the other one well, did get banned. <laughs> that one got banned. That's why I see these commercials like with the beautiful couples laughing. I'm like, that's not the keg I remember. <laughs> Where's tell me, darling, tell me, dear? <laughs> then there was a thing where it was a guy's birthday. He was usually drunk. You'd get him. You'd buy him eighty-seven shots and make him drink them. We would tie his hands to the chair <laughs> and his feet to the chair.
1: Okay. And we As would, staff members, I'm listening.
4: Yeah, <laughs> and we—I'll never forget two things we did that were so wrong. And we would tie him, and we <laughs> sang the song: Heave ho, up! He rises. Heave ho, up! He rises. Heave ho, up! He rises early in the morning. Shave his belly with rusty razor. Sh-. And we'd sing the song. We'd, you know, and then we would take him. And put him somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what's,
1: what's going on?
4: And he's so one time we took him, we put him with this really lovely Asian family having dinner. <laughs> we just sat him at He's like, You f me up! And they're just staring and no just, one moved them. Just <laughs> trying
2: <laughs> off <laughs> George. F- George, what was the family doing?
4: They were disgusted. Oh man! <laughs> the think... worst thing they did was they put a guy out on Shepherd Avenue. Oh wow! In the middle of the road. Oh, <laughs> in a chair. <laughs> what Who do we run in this, this place? It what is the keg, hit? man? Yeah. Then it's... it all
2: ended. So I don't that's know. how the keg goes back to the keg. Anything goes. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Wow, your guess. Because you yeah, mentioned okay. the commercials, <laughs> and the commercials are the couples there, and it all looks like they want to bang the waitstaff. Because they're, like, all eyeing each other up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah this yeah. is going to like, happen. But everyone's yeah. hot.
4: Everyone's yeah, hot they're the hot. It, now. It was the best job, though. It was, the be- it was a great staff. Everybody had personnel. Like, when people say, what was your first stand-up?
1: That was my first stand-up. You had to entertain your tables back then. Right. There you go. Um, yeah, just one of those people. Like, Dan and I went on the road a lot. Uh, we did a lot of speeches, a lot of hosting, a lot of stuff like that. We'll still do that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, you just meet someone like Jerry and you're just like, I guess we're going to be friends with this guy forever because that's just kind of how it works with us. We meet certain people and just connect. And all the people that we are having on this podcast now are those people, just like our next guest, who um, I think comes comes to this from a pretty unique perspective because... Um, we didn't work with him so much at our early time at Fox. We worked, worked with him more at our later time at Fox, and that's when Dan was single. And this gentleman accompanied Dan to Vegas and curious to get his thoughts on that. So I think Kristoff's talking to him now. He's, uh, he's a friend. He's a wonderful person. Uh, he used to have violent and sometimes disturbing fever dreams, which led to a very popular segment Bernie Kim's fever dreams and now we have the man on himself the one and only Bernie Kim hi Bernie how are Uh, you
5: still having this crazy stress dreams man
1: what's going on what's stressing you out now it's probably COVID I would imagine
5: I don't know. It it's life, man. Life, you know, just things change, you know? That's, yeah. Isn't that why I'm on today? Things change. That's right. You never know.
1: That's right. right? Yeah. Enjoy it while you can. That's a great, great point, Bernie. Absolutely. Yeah. You never know.
5: I, I will say that um, my my wife uh,
1: Carol. She told my me wife.
5: That, you, Carol. Sorry. Of course. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Two, two days ago, I told her, man, I'm just having these stress dreams. I've had my latest one is I I constantly have dreams where I'm in, back in college and I can't find my schedule, so I don't know where to go to take an exam. Oh yeah. Um, and and then I you know you just wake up all like in a like what am I doing? I haven't been in college in 20 years. She said, "Why don't you just set your intentions before you go to bed and say I don't want to have a stress dream?" So I've I've actually verbalized that and then two stress-free nights. So that might okay. be the Okay.
1: So we've this yeah. is interesting because the stress dreams kind of we talked about it so much when you would come on with us and now i feel like maybe it's coming to a conclusion so it seems fitting that that you come on to the podcast now for the final episode to say yeah, that your stress dreams might be a thing of the past
5: it's uh yeah it's like buttoning it's like buttoning it up things are all exactly. the closure we need
1: exactly bernie uh, okay. bernie can we talk about um as i was saying when i was introducing you, um, we didn't get to work with you at the beginning of our time in LA, but more toward the end. And toward the end is when Dan was single and very willing to drop everything and just fly to Vegas on a whim. <laughs> and you were part yeah. of uh, at least one or two of those trips. I'm curious to get your take on, on life in Vegas with Toolsy. It, it obviously involved uh, the crap
5: tables. What I love is his passion for one. Um, passion for gambling. The passion for gambling, um, uh, you know, while we were doing that, the last iteration of, of your show, uh, we would often bring up, hey, you want to just go to Vegas? And then so we flew one time, another time we, we drove, he picked me up and we took the four, four and a half hour drive to, uh, to Vegas. Uh, and then we got there at like one in the morning, would play craft, he had his rules. He gets very upset if anyone doesn't follow the etiquette. Oh yeah, um, you can't you can't just jump in on a roll. You, you know he gets very upset at people who don't follow the rules correctly. We lost a lot of money. Yeah, and we would drive back and be tired, but it was it was a good time. He he was like, you know what he said? He said, I, we we might have mentioned it before, but he said, uh, yeah, come out. I know a guy at this casino. Uh, he'll hook us up with some rooms, no problem. I was like, yeah, no, some rooms, no problem. That's great. Let's go. We get there. There's one room. <laughs> One bed, and I have, I have to sleep in a, in a cot at the foot of the bed, like a, like a little doggy. And I remember when I... Classic I
1: like, Toolsy, by the way. Yeah,
5: classic Toolsy. Uh, woke up to just a, like a ray of sunlight just on my eyes, peeking through the window. It was just classic. At just that at point the foot of his bed, he, he's like a king.
1: At that so, point, were you really reassessing uh, your friendship with this person?
5: You know, he drove, and, he <laughs> the whole, and I, I still didn't pay for the room. So, that's true. You know, I, you know, I'm not going to lift a gift horse in the mouth. That's, that's um, a very good but, attitude. I, you know, I'm a degenerate, and he enjoys it too, so when two degenerates find each other, it uh, usually leads to some nice times. I do remember, however, when you guys interviewed Daniel Negrano one time, and I think he very earnestly asked, you know, what, what's your tips for the craps table? And Daniel just says, when you see one, Walk the other way. And I feel like that was just, that was. I saw Dan's heart break. <laughs> His dreams just crumbled. He thought it's, he was uh, going to get Dan rich uh,
1: playing crap. Oh
5: yeah, yeah. He was going to get a system from one of the greatest poker players of all time. <laughs> no, he said, "Don't play." <laughs>
1: yeah. that, sums up, that sums up Dan's whole life philosophy. Put everything into one uh, ill-fated idea. And then have someone uh, ultimately crush it uh, when it... uh, At At
5: least he went for it, right?
1: He really did. He loved... Man, he still loves Vegas. He loved going out to Vegas. But we had a great time. And, you know, the last incarnation of the show is the one that we're all kind of the most fond of, where we were in the very, very tiny studio, and we had a very tiny crew and we would just play. We had a crappy record player, and we'd play uh, Janet Jackson's Let's Wait a While off the Control album all the time, and it was just a fun vibe that last year because I think we knew we were on our way out. Yeah, Yeah, we knew we were on our way out, and I think we just didn't care at that point.
5: (laughs) Well, you know, in in some ways, it, it got a lot. You had the most freedom to talk, right? So I'm glad that you had at least had a little more freedom on that show to say and and do the things that you wanted to do you know ultimately you know there's I don't know what you guys talk about when you talk about your time in in five Fox, but a lot of cooks in the kitchen man yeah a lot of cooks in the kitchen yeah wish uh you know things happen the way they do but uh man I know there's a lot of us that still work there that are bummed out that it didn't work out
1: yeah no it's uh you know we were talking to Carissa Thompson earlier and we're just saying like Nothing worked out on the T V side, but we're all still friends and so I don't know. It's kind of it's almost better in a way. You know, you make these great yeah. friendships and um, you know, work is work, you know, there's a job's a job, but the fact that we're all still close and uh and we all had great times together and, and you got to sleep at the foot of Toolsy's bed as he <laughs> <laughs> It was uh yeah,
5: that's you
1: know <laughs> Like when you walked in the room were you like, dude like when what... <laughs>
5: Yeah, uh, hey Dan. Uh, quick question, uh, Dan. Uh, you sold this to me as, uh, hey, I got a guy who can get us, uh, you know, a couple rooms. You know, couldn't uh, <laughs> yeah. even get a, a couple beds. I
1: yeah, guess, yeah, and, maybe uh, maybe a couple of doubles instead of the old yeah, king. Yeah, couple doubles. doubles. <laughs> just a couple doubles. Yeah, just a couple doubles. Uh, you, you got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did have a guy. Oh my gosh. All right, my friend, we're gonna let you go, um, but. Um, Always great to talk to you. All my best to Carol oh, and yes. Hugo. And oh,
5: thank you. Yes, he's 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 hanging out right now. But thanks for having me on, uh, man. Gonna miss it. Gonna miss your show, guys.
1: Uh, we're uh, we're gonna see you soon. We're gonna get down there. We're gonna visit you soon. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll sorry. talk to you very soon. I'm I guess who I'm about to talk to you now, Bernie. Uh, is it Mike? Yes.
5: <laughs> uh, he, Mike, Mike has some big news. Oh, I don't know if you know this. Mike has go ask him about his big news.
1: Okay, but, nice tease. By the way, that's why you're a television yeah. veteran. <laughs> Thanks, Bernie. I get it. All
6: right,
1: Jay, see you. See you soon. There he is, Bernie Kim.
3: Jay and Dan flashback.
1: So, Bernie, uh, we had you, of course, on a couple of weeks ago, and just the overwhelming response meant that we had to bring you back, even if we didn't want to. Okay. Um, yeah,
2: people loved your uh, night terrors. Yeah. No, oh,
1: there's new <laughs> night terrors, by the
2: way. Oh, what, there's, there's new, new ones. New night terrors. <laughs> okay, so This you is you our newest before, segment,
1: Night Terrors with Bernie. Bernie w- oh. I had a
2: reoccurring <laughs> dreams that people, servicemen, <laughs> were
1: breaking into his home while he slept. Wait, servicemen and women not from not the serv- Army? No, no, like... <laughs> <laughs> maintenance people. No, yeah. I just, know. yeah.
5: <laughs> 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 what were they uh, doing? All right, so legitimately this is a true story. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I I, so it. The, it, the, there was a hospitality room at the Super Bowl, right? And yeah, know, I the, at, at the Hilton. Yes, yeah, and yeah.
1: I, We went, but they didn't tell us. Until they didn't yeah, until the very end, <laughs> right? Of course.
5: <laughs> so there's a ping pong table there, and there yeah. is a a guy and one of our coworkers, Peter Greasy. I don't know if you guys know Peter. Oh yeah, not fan. Go on. He <laughs> smoked <laughs> me in ping pong like six times in a row and just demoralized me. Three, ti- three days in a row when I got home, I had stress dreams about ping pong. <laughs> just losing and losing and, lo- and just... Wow. Just, just clenching my teeth. And were stressed. you like
1: at the, in, the, in your dreams? You were you at the Olympics? Or no, something? just like oh.
5: in a just like in a random like rec room and just getting just, just my butt hand. I just envision like
1: a smoky rec room, <laughs> an underground game that you've joined. But like
5: in my dream, like they just hit the edge, you know? Like just hits the edge and the trick. It's oh, yeah. demoralizing, oh, and yeah. it's just it becomes a thing where I don't want to sleep anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's
7: not restful. Yeah.
2: It's, it's not restful. That's right. You should see somebody. you have nightmares, you need to see a therapist. You bad. need to see a ping pong therapist.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's bad. This one isn't as bad. So Dan, you could probably answer it.
2: Is we- it sex-related? Uh, no. Okay.
6: Well, would you rather share your toothbrush with your other half every day so you have one toothbrush for both of you? Okay. Or wear her underwear every day?
2: I have no problem. Uh, Either one seems sharing fine. Toothbrushes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Toothbrush is yeah, fine. yeah. What about panties? I'm wearing my wife's. No, right but now.
6: like you got to wear a thong every day to work.
1: I just share the toothbrush. Yeah, toothbrush seems fine. There's nothing wrong
2: with it. That right. one was. I, a, you know what? Way easier. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't get through. Are you dating like a
5: garbage mouth <laughs> over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't? Yeah, I guess.
6: (laughs)
1: I've gotten a lot of slack. Hey, look who's here. It's Garbage (laughs) Mouth. Here comes Garbage (laughs) Mouth. Wait, Ben, you're going out tonight uh, with a young lady? I am. uh, Where are you guys going? To the local trash can?
6: We're (laughs) going (laughs) to keep it classy and go to Cabo Cantina Oh. for a few uh, skinny margaritas.
1: On uh, Third Tree Promenade?
6: No, Sunset. So you can't run into me.
1: Okay. Mm. All right.
6: Might yeah. I suggest you try wearing her panties? It might change your life. I mean, if I was wearing her panties, then I would have done really well for a first date, right?
2: That's yeah.
1: yeah, I would
2: say that so. That would have meant you broke into her home and stole yeah. them, and then you surprised her with them, and then that would be And by a the stocking. way,
1: that's another one of Bernie's recurring <laughs> <career. laughs> sheep Ben Taylor with some panties <laughs> in my apartment. <laughs> he went <laughs> there. Ben's <laughs> right there, just on the edge of his uh. bed. There he is, Bernie Kim. Uh... And uh, we had so much fun working with him. and of course, uh, the cat is out of the bag. Our next guest is in fact sexy Mike Botticello, who's a huge part of the Jay and Dan podcast 2.0. Uh, he was a producer. I'm using that in quotations. He uh, set up the he was the cameraman again, quotations. just kind of walked around looking handsome. But boy, do we love him, Sexy Mike Botticello. And um, something that I'm not sure, I think we might have revealed this at some point. Bernie Kim. And Mike Botticello are in fact best friends. Uh, so, kind of randomly, uh, the two guests you're hearing now happen to be best buds, and uh, and just terrific guys. So, so yeah, sexy Mike is next, and um, we have four more guests after Mike Botticello We're going to keep these pretty quick, um, but but we do have them. Uh, oh, oh, you still you still got me. Still recording? I'm not hearing myself (laughs) then. Oh. Oh, did this pop up? That's weird. Can you. Am I still recording? Okay. We're still still rolling, but you're going to. Don't worry, folks. We'll get it figured out. Can I switch to a different mic? Uh, We're just. Grab those headphones. Okay. Grab those headphones. Guys, we're going to leave this in. We're going to leave this in. There we go. Okay, great. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we've solved that problem. Okay, so um, the last guest we had on, Bernie Kim, maybe the most interesting man in the world, he told us that our next guest has some big news to reveal. So without any further ado, please welcome a uh, huge part of the Jane and Dan Podcast 2.0, wonderful person, maybe Dan's best friend in the world, it's Mike Botticello. How are you, sexy Mike?
3: Leave it in. That's what she said. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> and also, false advertising. Bernie Kim is not the most interesting man in the world. His, the highlight of his day, of Bernie's day, is when the LA Times drops the new crossword puzzle at 9 p.m.
1: Oh, he's still getting the paper. I love that.
3: I think it's digital, but either
1: way. Okay.
3: <laughs> it goes, it go, the new one goes live 9 p.m. every night.
1: So uh, let's discuss this big news, Mike Botticello. Uh, first of all, how are you doing, buddy? How, how's life?
3: I'm good. I'm good. It was great to hear from you. Yeah, it's been a while. Obviously, it's been a hell of a year. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, things are good. Things are really good. Um, big news, man. I don't know. Uh, he's probably referring to my new addition, uh, my pup. Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. I saw
1: that on the gram. Indy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, you have a new puppy. Super cute. Indiana Indy. Jones. Um, Indy, yeah. Now, is this... Here's a weird question. Mike, are you single? Are you single right now?
3: I'm single, yes.
1: Okay. And so you got a dog. Just you? Just me? And uh, were you feeling, was the pandemic, uh, it's a long time, tough for single people? You're like, I want a little companionship, maybe something to cut with at night. Th-
3: that is an accurate statement the pandemic is tough for, for everyone, the for single people, its own category. Um, but yeah, you know, I've wanted a dog for years, and it's just the unpredictable nature of my schedule and like things that go on. I just never really, you know, wanted to, to do that to an animal tour. I didn't know I could be there, you know, all the time. And then just like being around so much now, is was like, man, it's the perfect time actually to get a dog. And I know uh, the COVID dog is a thing, but it wasn't from a loneliness factor. I think it's from the ability to be attentive.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I think that's totally fair. What was your first, uh, what's your fondest memory of Dan O'Toole? Fondest memory.
3: Well, okay. So my question is how long does he have left to live? So is that, he, is that
1: what's you know, it's with Dan it, it could be any day, but f- right now he yeah. seems he seems healthy he seems healthy okay, good, okay, so that's all right
3: just just wanted to clear because I know it you know the the news of him you know it, it was sudden to me, and I figured dead man walking
1: right right so, yeah. Uh, he, yeah yeah he was fired, yeah, but he's Basically, not
3: dead. he's not okay good uh favorite memory of dan i mean uh it's a short list uh no um I think it would have to be. Dan in his what do we call those officles,
1: oh yeah, the officles, yes, yes, not quite yeah. an office, not quite a cubicle, an offical. yes that's right, yeah,
3: and he was i don't I don't know if this is still a true thing, but yeah, it was on a bit of a sailor Jerry kick.
1: oh God, yeah, he loves remember in, yeah
3: he, he was inviting people in to do a shot of sailor Jerry, yeah and so one person coming in, that person gets one shot, goes and is it okay. But Dan, he must have had a dozen people come through there. Yeah. You know, before you go on the show. And uh, yeah, he had to be lit yeah. by eight o'clock at night. Which he, was probably a nightly tradition
1: for him. But. I don't know about nightly, but I do remember that we both had booze in our offices. We, we had actual offices, and we, I asked for, for them to put a mini fridge in, and they did. And then I had booze in there, and then we drank the booze. It was very civil, it was, felt very 60s, very mad men.
3: Very Mad Men, yeah, exactly. Which you know that, and I think that's what we all aspire to. Maybe not the Mad Men thing,
1: but just the ability to to have booze and in knock come back.
3: Yeah, it just relaxes. I mean, they were probably onto something back then.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, I personally loved it. I loved the atmosphere. Uh, the the story I always tell is when we got fired from Fox, uh, they literally canceled the show, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. And normally. You know, we've all been fired before. Or whatever you know, it's like an HR thing. They escort you out of the building. You grab your one box of stuff that you can grab. For whatever reason, I guess we just—I don't know if they thought we were harmless or they thought they just didn't care. They just let us hang out there all day, like they didn't bring HR people <laughs> to escort us out. No, I mean, I mean, I think because you guys were—let's let's face it. I, th- But not just us, guy. like the whole crew, like everyone just kind of wandering the halls. And I remember uh, Charlie Dixon, who was running the place at the time, was like, you guys are yeah. still here? Like, okay, fine, whatever. Like, they didn't care. <laughs> it's just, just strange. It was weird. Uh, Mike, um,
3: I got fired too, remember?
1: I know you did. You got fired before so we good. did. No, I know. No, it was
3: cool. I mean, I knew we, look, we all knew that things weren't, weren't going the greatest. And I think that's the nature of the beast in, in the media industry, right? Um, yeah. So it was just kind of like, yeah, it, it sucked. I wasn't, you know, really bummed out. Things kind of worked out for me because
1: I've been there for a while. But um, Mike, things yeah, always it, work it, it out for you, you though. Yeah, like you. Just, yeah, that's
3: that's right. right? That's right. And
1: things always kind of work mean, out.
3: Work out for all of us, you know. I think when we, if you just kind of let okay. the game come to you, as they say.
1: Except for Dan, he's except for Dan fired, and according to you, has days to live.
3: Days to live, yeah, uh, yeah. It's in his blood. No, I think Dan's good. I know. Uh, yeah, it's just that is is, is the, if you had any advice for for the young bucks coming up in the game, what would it be?
1: Uh, things change fast. Be ready to change with them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that <Paris> Bueller.
1: Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, no, that's Life exactly what it is,
6: right?
3: Yeah. Because um, and, and actually, I was laid off from Fox before. That was two thousand eight. And I, I, didn't know that's how things worked, and I, you know, thought it was me, and I took it personal. It was me. Now I'm kidding, but uh, yeah, it was just the way the show was getting canceled, and that's that. That's how things go. Yeah, knowing that things are going to change.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and, and that, enjoy that's it. The yeah, enjoy yeah. it while you're while you can, and that's what we look back at our time at Fox so fondly because uh, made great friends, uh, Bernie, Carissa, Schrager, Clat. They've all been on. And of course, Did yourself.
3: Of yeah. Well,
1: you—they were warming up for you, Mike. They were okay. warming I,
3: well, up. Well, I'm here. honored to be here. How about Jim?
1: He's coming up, buddy. He's coming. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll to you. We better, we better actually let you go because uh, we're we're running out of time here. But it's great chatting with you, my friend. Thanks for uh, taking a little time yeah. out of your day for us.
3: I, I love it. And Indy's uh, Indy's giving me a, a pause up, Okay. inviting me actually. All
1: right. Well, well, just watch your legs. You might come humping.
3: eventually, right? That's the real reason I got him. No, just kidding. Okay. Uh, Jay, always a pleasure.
1: Always a pleasure, Mike. Take I'm care. Just, and
3: I got to get to Toronto. to See you guys. Uh,
1: someday. Well, you can stay with Toolsy. He's got a lot of time on his hands now. He's got room. Yeah, I he's got room. Cats, though. All right, see you, buddy. No, no no,
3: cats. I'm a dog guy. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bye.
1: What a strange,
3: strange man. Jay and Dan,
2: Flashback. And uh, the fans of this podcast, the big winners with our next guest. <laughs> we should actually keep chatting because uh, our guest is in Hawaii, so rack up those, uh, those long-distance
1: uh, mm. numbers. Those on. roaming charges. Uh, sexy Mike Botticello, where are you right
0: now? Aloha. F- <laughs> uh,
3: I'm actually at the airport. I really uh, had to squeeze you in here, but I did it just for you guys because I've missed you all this time.
2: So for those that don't know, Mike used to be on the podcast, and then uh, he's no longer on the podcast uh, because his job got eliminated. I don't mean to laugh, Mike. Uh... <laughs> no, you had, to
3: make, you had to clear out that uh, money for Skip Bayless.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right, and Jason Whitlock.
2: So uh, yeah. people always want to know that we get emails and texts every— What the f- what yeah. is going on what's behind you what's happening there mike Manistella? are you in the middle of a cockfight are you at
3: McDonald's? <laughs> land i'm at uh, yeah i am i'm in a, i'm in an airport
1: well find a quiet corner <laughs> are you in the maui airport yeah the maui airport oh i was just there a couple of months i was ago. told to make this happen now yeah um and are you about to get on a plane and come back to la yep and what were you doing there i've, what... been, I've been here for 10 days for
3: the maui stone festival
1: So what, I've seen some of the pictures, like, what are you doing at the Maui Film Festival?
3: So my friend and his mother are uh, co-directors of the film festival, they're from LA, and um, yeah, it's a film festival, so for five days they show movies and honor uh, uh, celebrities and actors, and I'm here for the party. My job is to handle the talent, so get them uh, where they need to be, <laughs> hang out with them, get a drink if I need to.
1: So tell us, to. Mike, who have yeah. you been hanging out with? Who are the celebs? Uh, are you familiar with Brian Cranston? Whoa, yeah. Yeah.
3: very. Yeah. yeah, incredible guy. Incredible guy. He, if he were an athlete, you know, the, the term the pro is pro. He is a pro is pro of an actor.
1: Uh, like so shows you're... up
3: on time, says the right thing, you know, sharpest attacks.
2: So you hung out with Brian Cranston for eleven days?
3: Uh, no, just so they come up for like one day. They're they're in town for like a week, but they they're honored one night and then they'll come to a party or two. He was actually there three different times.
2: So, uh, Mike, uh, yeah, like I said, everyone wonders if you're alive. So we have confirmed you're alive. When you get back to LA, what do you do? Well,
3: you know, I figured, it's been a while since I was on the podcast, so I think it was a good time to get, because I know you guys are really fighting for me all this time, that's why I had nervous right? But oh, yeah. Just yeah. Just knocking down Horowitz and Shank's door, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, trying
3: to get you fighting back get here. here. Yeah. Back where so you how's belong. how's that going? Yeah, I wanted to ask, how's that going? Uh,
2: well, <sighs> we're fighting for our own job. Yeah, uh, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. Mike,
1: we're not sure that we're going to be here uh, by 2017, so... Um, to be honest, we're kind of worrying about that first. And then as soon as we well, lock I live that my life down. Because,
3: you know, nothing, nothing's ever guaranteed. So who knows when next year old.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, the only one who's probably guaranteed started, to have a job is Pat. Yeah. Yeah.
3: He kind of always shows up. Or doesn't. But he shows up somewhere. And he, he has-
1: hasn't
2: been here since you left, by the <laughs> way.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, who does he have the answer to now? Not that he answers me, but I at least asked him.
2: Uh, Mike, we didn't. We pointed it out on the podcast. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but ever since you left, we've had sponsors coming in left and right. Yeah,
1: Mike, we've yeah. had like yeah. three sponsors per podcast, some podcasts, which I guess begs the question, what were you doing for two years?
3: Hey, you know, there was a wall there and someone had to knock it down.
1: So the wall is
3: down and the, the cash is flowing in, right?
1: And, and so everyone else is is basically taking credit for all the work you did. Something like that. Yeah, I I truly fell on the grenade. (laughs) (laughs) Lovable. Truly strange. Uh, Our next guest is hosting, as we speak, on the NHL on TSN. Sounds strange? No. We insisted in getting him on, and we're fitting him in this time slot specifically. I got to say, by the way, I got to pat myself on the back. We weren't sure if we were going to be able to stay on time with all these guests. It has been seamless, kind of. It's been seamless-ish, right, Stoff? Seamless-ish. We had some hiccups, but nothing really too bad. Um, Overall, I hope you guys have been enjoying this whole podcast. I really actually have been enjoying doing it. And it feels like a nice way to put a button on the 3.0 version of the pod. Again, pod's not over forever. Just the 3.0 version. This is the last episode. We're gonna take a break from podcasting for a little while, let it breathe, as they say. Difficult to follow a podcast like the one Dan and I did. Um, down the road, I'd love to do something, but I think we're just gonna give it a moment. We're just gonna take a moment. We're gonna let we're gonna let the rubber boots podcast with James and Stoff and uh, the guy who works three or four days a year. What's his name? Puffy. And Lester, we're going to let them do their thing. Um, is he on the line? Oh, oh he's not picking up. Okay, <clears throat> it's possible he may have. He may be on television. Well, yeah, let's call the. Let's call. Uh, yeah, let's call the the guest after, because that is a guest who, in some ways, might be the greatest guest we've had on this podcast. Stoff is nodding. He's like, there's definitely an argument to be made that he's the most important. I hate to say greatest because they're all great. But this next individual, yeah, he likes that better. The most important guest we've ever had on because he sort of has been the glue. He's been someone we can always turn to for a great take on a million different things. <clears throat> and um, and he's just a terrific person. So, uh, And you heard from his uh, his podcasting partner earlier in the show, Jonathan Torrens. So it's only fitting that we bring on the former drummer for Our Lady Peace, uh the podcaster, the musician, the writer, the father, the raconteur, the overall terrific human being that is Jeremy Taggart. How are you, my friend?
7: Hey, how's it going? How you Good, but
1: Oh boy, it's been a wild ride. Uh, we've talked to everybody and uh And I was saying before you came on, you're probably the most important guest we've ever had on this podcast. You were with us right from the beginning. You were always game. You were a gamer. You still are. And, uh, man, I just can't thank you enough for all the years you've given us on this pod, buddy. You've you've just been a a gem.
7: Well, thank you. And uh, honestly, I don't know if... uh you know, I think there probably wouldn't be a Taggart and Torrens podcast if it wasn't for for you guys, you know, and uh, having us on and giving us the kind of idea to uh, have a conversation and things that we like, realizing that those are things that other people probably like. And just uh, to, to, to be able to come on to your forum and be able to, to meet so many great people and even when we went on the road, uh, just we, we, we had so many uh, fans of EarPod that would come to our shows. And it just, uh, we, we uh, felt like it was one huge family. And uh, it's hard to kind of picture what's going on, you know, in this whole thing. And uh, it's just sad to kind of see uh, such an a epic body of work, you know. Come and go, and 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 have to have to end like this. It's just, uh, just sad, you know.
1: Yeah, it is. It is sad. It's um, it's not the way we drew it up.
7: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the most important thing, right? It, yeah. It's
1: it's not the way we drew it up, but um, yeah. but you know, as I was saying earlier, um, it's this the way this business is. You kind of have to be prepared for anything. Yeah. And, uh, and we would have loved to have done it differently. I mean, obviously, I, I didn't want to do the final 3.0 version of the podcast without Dan because his yeah. name is literally on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. it, you know, everything that's happening now, you know, we're just getting through it the best we can, but yeah. at the same time, it was so important to me um, to have, you know, our longtime favorite guests, and you were literally at the top of, the, of that list to have you guys on and just sort of uh, say thank you because um, you've given us so much joy and you've been so good to us over the years and, and really we've become such good friends. And yeah. um, I guess that's where I'd, I'd love to start. <laughs> like your your initial uh, impression of Toolsy, you've met so many people and you've done so many things creatively. Was he someone who stood out as unique even in the... Uh, sea of creative people that you had met and had worked with.
7: Yeah, I I think I think what the the most uh the the, the coolest thing about Dan is um more than than most people that I've met um in our business. He's he reminds me a lot of myself just the way that he is and uh the things that that he really likes and growing up and you know I kind of grew up small town and he definitely did and i, I can just appeal to a lot of his perspectives and uh I think that was it right away I knew we'd you know we'd be long time friends when I first met him, and same with you you know we we have a lot of things in common we're the same age uh almost exactly you know yep. it just we 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 grew up with the same eyes on the same things and uh it it's special,
1: you know. It's funny um you like you you made an appearance. There's a there's a big shiny tunes podcast now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So so it's just two guys. It's really funny. You should check it out. It's uh, and Jeremy, I believe you did an interview on it today, is that I right? I did. Yeah, yeah,
7: it'll be coming out next week. Yeah. Next
1: week. So you so check out the big shiny pod I believe it's called the big shiny podcast. and It's two guys. Uh, talking about uh, big shiny tunes, the compilation CDs that Much Music put out uh, in the 90s and, and in the aughts. And I just, stuff like that, the fact that you're on it is so perfect to me. And the fact that, that I can listen to a podcast like that and understand every single thing those two guys are talking about, because it was such a huge part of my life, yeah. those compilations. Uh, yeah. That's how I feel about the things that you and I are interested in, all the reference points, all the cultural and pop culture reference points. As yeah. you said, we had our sa- our eyes on the same stuff uh, yeah. the whole way, right?
7: For sure, definitely. I think uh, when, when we first tweeted back and forth about, you know, uh, Popeye's. And I said, yeah, that's a great spot if you want to shit through a straw afterwards. (laughs) And from there on, it was, that was it. We found commonality in all of these things together, for
1: sure. (laughs) We absolutely did. We absolutely did. And then, you know, some of the moments that we have had together on the pod, we had Mike Gentile on earlier from the very first version of the pod. Yeah, And, uh, Some of the moments that we had together. um, Were you part of the original Stranger Danger pod? I feel like you had to have been.
7: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was there, like, Big City Ken days, like, around that time. So, I mean, that's pretty much the same. Like, it's early episodes, if not right there. Yep. But uh, the Stranger Danger stuff, and then the first time you guys went through the The Regina Jam.
2: (laughs) Regina, experience Regina. Regina, experience Regina.
7: All of those things, like, were epic culturally. You know, like everybody got a laugh from those. Oh yeah, that was that was like a tidal wave laugh.
1: It was, uh, and then we got to spend a little time together in LA. Yeah. Um, you came down and, and you were doing some recording at one point. You came down a couple of times, but you came down at one point, you did some recording. It was just cool. Yeah.
7: yeah. It was well, I mean, the last time I, when I came down for the Christmas special, that was pretty much my last little hang in studio with the band. Like I left shortly there after that. So yeah, that was pretty much, uh, uh, the end of, the, of my OLP days.
1: That's right. That's right. And it, it was funny too because um, you know you saw us down there. Then we came back. We were you know you were as much a part of the podcast when we came back as, as ever. And uh, yeah, it's just been it's just been awesome having you with us this whole time. You've been you've been the guy. You and Stoff and Gentili have kind of been with us this entire time. And uh, like I said, I'm just very grateful we got to know you, man. It's been yeah, awesome.
7: Yeah, uh, and we're, we're going to have, uh, it's one of those things where 20 years from now, even, uh, it will be like one or two words you can just say <laughs> and crack each other up. You know? Exactly,
1: right exactly. Um, well, listen, man, we, we're going to let you go because, uh, we're, God, we have four more guests to get to. <laughs> We've wow. been going for two hours. Yeah, um, that's awesome, though. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah, a yeah. lot, lot of outpouring of love for Toolsy, and uh, and that's amazing to see. And, uh Certainly appreciate that. And I was talking to you about um, you know everything we post on social media now. Everyone's like, "Where's Dan? Where's Dan?" And yeah, and and you were saying, uh, you know, you know, I, I think you're you were worried about my thoughts on that. And to be honest, I, I love it. I, like I really, yeah. it, it it does something for me in that it shows me that what we did was important to people, yeah. and uh, and it was important to the audience and um, they like things a certain way and they, and they, yep. they don't appreciate how it was changed. And I certainly understand that and absolutely yeah. empathize with that. And, and it just, it just brings joy to me to see people that passionate about what we did. So, yeah. um, yeah. so for I'm sure. super happy about that. So listen, buddy, we're going to let you go. Uh, give my best to Lisa and the kids and, uh, and thanks again for all, for everything. I, I yeah. sincerely mean that. Uh, you're the best.
6: You
7: are the best, and thank you for having me all these times. Soft, love you, I love, uh, love you, Jay. Obviously, Dan, love you. Ev- love everybody. The fans, amazing. And thanks for having me. Honestly, it's uh, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thanks, Jeremy.
3: Jay and Dan, flashback.
1: Listen at hi hat. Listen to the bass. Who's that on
2: that bass? Getty Lee. Jerry Seinfeld's mother was in this show.
1: Yeah, she was Mrs. Ochmonic. Not she, his real
2: mother, but his
1: TV, his TV mother. His TV mom. And Alf had to uh, always hide in the kitchen. Well, only ran four seasons? Yeah, I'm surprised See, that's by a that. a show that seems like it lasted longer. Like, the premise was so ridiculous and it was a puppet, but it was kind of, it was funny. It was a pretty funny show.
2: Jeremy Taggart from Our Lady Peace. Uh, did you guys fire up the Alf DVDs on the tour buses? <laughs>
6: I can't believe you guys. That 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 was quite uh, an experience right there. <laughs> Hearing you guys break them down like it was an event. It was, like it was so important to our traditional memories that we had to really get into that. Like it was like inside the actors' studio. Well, here's the
2: thing: because someone would hear that, they hear the theme, so they're asking the same questions that I'd be asking. So I wanted to make sure we answered them. Like, how long did that series run? Who were the main actors? What was Alf's real name? So we just we just. Finished finished. Finished it all right there in one minute. Dead in the cast.
6: I I fear the research that went into that.
2: It was me typing it into Wikipedia,
6: (laughs) but a long time, clearly.
2: (laughs) So, uh, Jeremy, you played uh, the Great Cup uh, Festival. How was that? We did, and, and, and I, I
6: don't mean to belittle you. I You guys are clearly genius, because that's the kind of stuff that actually does need to be talked about <laughs> on radio and podcasts more often, for This sure. is
1: correct. I couldn't agree more. No! I don't um, want to no. get in Toolsy's way after five drinks, either. <laughs> he, might, he might be the silent assassin.
2: Onright's trying to say that I let a silent one go in the the uh, TSN suite during the Great Cup. I deny any wrongdoing.
1: Trust me. John.
2: silence is golden Dan O'Toole,
1: Silent Assassin. Shh. <laughs> that was Gino, Jeremy.
6: That's how you do it? You like to slip one I, in the crowd, uh... eh? <laughs> Generally, if you're doing that, you don't have to tell anybody. You're, you, you don't have to say, hey, by the way, I just dropped one. You can be like, ah, who did that? Or just don't say anything
2: and look at somebody. I don't even do it on flights. Well, why would you tell
6: everybody that you did it in a pile of people?
2: I did. On right's blaming me because he was standing with the boss's wife, and there was no one else around but oh, me. Oh, did yeah. you
6: though? I didn't. He did. Oh, oh he didn't.
1: Jer- Jeremy. Well, see, this is
6: see, this is one you're planting seeds right here. I don't know if we can. Uh... Have that go on? That's not necessary. I, def- I don't think you did it. Maybe you did it, Jay.
1: Oh, listen, if I had done it, I, I would own up to it. Because when it happened, I was so horrified because I realized that she thought I did it.
6: I know, but last week you were calling the the kettle corningware with the RV talk. Yeah. And, and uh, this week now you're saying that he might have dealt it, and I possibly, uh, this is two weeks in a row... I've yet to see Dan throw you under any sort of uh, wow. yellow bus, or the, you know?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. You're really bringing me around on this one. Take it easy, guys. Yeah. Take it easy. You guys are good. you yeah. are good together. <laughs> it's not necessary. Okay. Hey, did sure. you go we, see... You're uh, like our relationship. You're like in that Metallica documentary. You're like the therapist keeping yeah, us yeah, together was milking them for that's like right a year and a half that's
2: right <laughs> well you know what I uh, did a radio interview <laughs> with um Jason Strudwick he hosts a radio show in Edmonton now every night during the week and we were talking with the podcast and the more I discussed it with him and I said you know what it's like, it's like free counseling for us because we both discuss our problems our mm-hmm. issues and and um we get to do it uh, in an open forum
6: yeah well you know don't forget Hey, uh, J- Jay, uh, when we were doing a uh, uh, our, our record with Bob Rock, that was during that time when he was doing that Metallica record at the same time. So we got the juicy, de- the juicy deets of that whole scene, man. Oh. And that that cat was milking the whole thing. It's like you take two kids in the schoolyard and you go, so uh, which one of you two is stronger? Uh, which one of you two could win in a fight?
1: Yeah, exactly. It was, I mean, the- <laughs> You know, that's
6: basically what he did. Just kind of poke him a bit and then... Give him a couple words of
1: wisdom and leave. And he was, you know, like like thousands per month, tens of thousands oh, per man. month. Not, hundreds of dollars per hour. Like, what was going on there? Like, it baffles me that a band that had been together that long would fall for that.
6: Well, I think it's more the fact that they are so dysfunctional. Might as well pay a guy while you're being dysfunctional.
1: What was it like working with Bob Rock, though? Because when, when I was watching that doc, all, all I could think of was, man, Bob Rock seems mean. Like, he's really, like, mean to Kirk Hammett. Like, he's, really, he's like, you get that, that solo done. Like, he was really, really angry at him. Was he like well, that with I you mean, guys? it's
6: like, it, it, there, there are times in the studio when, when the frustration can creep up, because, like, who else is going to do that solo, right? So if right. you're doing it for a day and a half, you know, his role eventually will... He's not like that normally until, like, it gets to that point. I've seen him, but, I mean... Everybody, you know, starts to get frustrated after a while, but when he does it, it's almost like your grandma's starting to lose it, and you're about to get the old paddle with the
1: brush. So it's like it, it, it has a little more resonance, like it resonates yeah. a bit more, yeah. Because
6: yeah. he's from old Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, he's from the Peg, right? Yeah. And so many people, musically inclined people from the Peg, it is really something. Well, I, I
6: think everybody's from Winnipeg, and there's a lot of, like, uh, cultured and super-duper high-profile elite people that kind of went back there to hide out. And there's a lot of spies there, believe it or not. What? It's there's a, a lot of spies you, in
2: Winnipeg? A lot of spies
6: in Winnipeg because you can have everything you need. There's great restaurants. It's a great place to, to, to be and not... Really, be around. Yeah, think about that Onyx cat, man. That guy's got dough for days, and he's still living there.
1: Yeah, you he's can. He's got
6: low profile, man. That's smart.
1: It's true. You can hide out there if you want. That's a good yeah. point. that's a really good point. You can have point.
6: everything you want if you're actually smart. That's the way to do it, man.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I when I used to host a morning show in Winnipeg, I I we'd have a different excellent band on every morning, and I used to say, finally, after like three, four months of this, I said. How does this town have such an amazing musical history? And how do you have so many bands? And the guy said, listen, man, when you're under snow for 10 months a year, you do a lot of drugs and you play a lot of instruments and yeah. you become good at it. And it made sense to me. Sure. You know, no, you and don't no, have to crea- do the drugs. you're
6: creative, you don't end up in the hospice drunk <laughs> and banged up. That's right. And you realize that you can, you can experiment without losing yourself. Because not everybody can just party their way into a position on national television. Like,
1: like Toolsy did. Like O'Toole.
6: (laughs) There it is again. There's the old finger pointer.
0: That's
2: right.
6: (laughs) From now on, whenever he says it, he's talking about himself.
2: (laughs) This might be true. I think we're on to something. I think we've had a major breakthrough Uh, in our therapy this this week. This has really
1: been good for us. I feel like it's been an hour on the couch
2: oh you know it's gonna cost you boys <laughs> what do you know timey <laughs> psychiatrist hey, i'm an old timey psychiatrist I, 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 don't, I don't mean
6: to, i don't mean to be a, a bit of a burden here at the end here but uh you know this isn't this isn't free and
1: i uh you know that part oh yeah i know you <laughs> well, the checks in the mail the, yeah, the exactly <laughs> the checks in the mail there we go jeremy taggart what a guy what a dude Um, you know, emotional, and that's the thing, and maybe I underestimated that, that I don't want to give anyone the impression that I am uh, 100% doing great. (laughs) You know, I'm doing how I'm doing. uh, And uh, and it's important for me to, I've got a whole crew of people working for me. And it's important to me that, um, you know, putting on a brave face is probably a corny way of putting it, but Um, I got to keep going for that crew. Uh, and, and I, I do understand how emotional everybody gets about everything that's happened. I do hear you. I do see the comments and I do understand and I'm absolutely appreciative of the comments of, of the passion that you guys have and how much you love Dan and, and wish he was back. That's, um, that's something I certainly appreciate. And I know he does too. Absolutely. Hey,
2: going for a dart. To be continued. Next week. Nice dark, bod. James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast.
3: So we're sitting down at our table. The waiter comes up and he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like
6: 100% his first line to us he goes, Hello, I am not well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very ill. <laughs>
4: You ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all.
2: Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.